Welcome back to the Mike and Andrew Show. I'm Andrew Serwick here again with Mike Meredith. Mike, we had the NBA All-Star Game uh, this weekend. Um, Lots of um, things we should definitely discuss. Uh, We also got a a few uh, NFL things and MLB thing to talk about. Uh, in this episode, but Mike, how are you doing this uh, this evening, man? How's the weekend? Let's uh, let's hear it. Uh, yeah, pretty good, man. Had a lot of big changes go on. It was a really busy weekend, and I'm going to be covering all of All Star Weekend. Um, just Saturday and Sunday, to be honest. Um, not much to say with the uh, the Rising Stars game. Um, but yeah, I'll go over all of the events that took place Saturday, and of course the game on Sunday as well. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. Um, uh, I, I, do you want to get into the game first? Or do you want to go into the events on Saturday first? I mean, uh, where, where do you want to start here? Okay. Yeah, okay. We're gonna, yeah. We're yeah. gonna be talking a lot about the game, so we'll go into the events. So this, of course, I mean, the first thing I want to ask you before I even get into anything, I mean, how was it being an indie? Because you know, I know you kind of mentioned that earlier on one of our earlier episodes, and. Was indie packed? Was there a lot of people downtown? Like, how was it? Uh, so I wasn't really out much this weekend, but uh, Thursday I had to drive through downtown because I had to go meet my no Friday I had to go and uh, and meet my girlfriend downtown because uh, she works downtown. Uh, just on my way home, so I'd you know to go home shower just to go back over to her place. Anyways, later that uh, that evening, but. Um, uh, it, it, about, f- I, I got off work at, at around 4.30, went, went downtown to go, to go meet her down there, cause I had to go give her something, and, man, it was fucking packed. I mean, normal rush hour traffic in downtown Indy's terrible, but this was ten times worse. I mean, I was sitting at a light for probably about, uh, 45 minutes, and, and oh, it was, yeah. it was terrible down there. Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of traffic, uh, but the atmosphere, from what I could tell on Friday, was pretty lit. So I mean, um, outside of that, I don't really know you know how the atmosphere was because, like I said, that was my only little bit of downtown. I was over All Star Weekend, but uh, yeah, man, it was uh, from what I could tell, it the the atmosphere was very very uh, alive because uh, I drove right past the stadium. Uh, uh, game the Game Ridge Fieldhouse, and um, yeah, I mean there was there was people everywhere. Um, everyone was really happy. Um, so yeah, it was it was just a very interesting atmosphere. But uh, I'll tell you what, man, the traffic sucked ass. I bet, man. Yeah. So with that, we'll get into the the events here. So we had the uh, the skills challenge, which there were three teams. You had the uh, all stars, which was just a team of three all stars. It was Trey Young, um, Scotty Barnes, and uh, let me think who else was on that team. Um, so yeah, it was Trey Young, Scotty Barnes, and Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey. So those three were were on a team. Then you had the first overall pick which were Anthony Edwards, Victor Omanyama, and Paolo Bancaro. Then you had Team Indiana Pacers with Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, and Miles Turner here. But of course, the hometown team, uh, 
trying to show some love here. Um, they went through three different events here. Uh, the first one was one where you do a little dribbling challenge and you go through and uh, each person on the team goes and dribbles through, uh, makes a floater, makes a three, and then makes a layup or a dunk. And, man, some of those guys, man, like the one uh, – it was Paulo Bancaro. Uh, he literally saw the last guy on the last team mess up, and then he did the exact same thing. Like, it was – that was awful. Um so yeah, he choked. What? I said, so he choked is what you're saying. Yeah, basically. He um, he choked, so yeah. Um, yeah, the first, and then Anthony Edwards over here, he made like a joke that he was going to shoot with his left hand for the All-Star uh, weekend, and he actually did it for that event. And we're like just clowning him because he was just so bad. But So that one, um, the Pacers team ended up winning that one. Um uh, Terry Salburton, uh, Benedict Matherin, and Miles Turner all had pretty good times there. They they uh, they went on last as well um, for that first event there, and um, it was definitely an interesting start here. The next one they had to do was like a passing drill, passing challenge. Um, that one was also very interesting. Uh, as uh, there was a lot of good aspects and a lot of bad aspects of that event here. Uh, a lot of good strategies and also a lot of different really bad strategies that went on. Um, overall, though, uh, the team Pacers, man, they had they had that team chemistry. Um, and they were locked in to, uh, to get that one, man. So um, they did that again. And then... The final event was a shooting one where you had to shoot um, uh, from five different spots on the floor, and whoever made them, uh, you know, got the most points. Man, the first overall picks sucked in like every single event. It was just not fair. But in the end, uh, Team Pacers ended up winning the the uh, full the the all out of all the challenges they won in the end here, which was cool to see for Indy it being an Indy so. That was definitely a uh, fire to see. But next year, uh, we'll move into the, the actual uh, things that people care about. The three-point contest here. There were actually two three-point contests. I'll get into both of those. So the first one here, um, you had a whole bunch of different participants and a lot of people doing really well and a lot of people also struggling as well. Um, I think that most people had Dame going in as the favorite. Um, it was so weird because uh, the how they do it is of the eight players, the top three scores advanced to the next round, and all three of them got the same score. So then they had to do a um, – or it was actually four of them that got uh, the same score. So then they had to do like a little tiebreaker, um, which was pretty funny to see who, uh, who didn't move on. And then – they did the, the final round. It was between uh, Dame, Cat, uh, and um, Trey Young. Um, so, yeah, you had Dame, uh, Trey Young, and Cat in the finals here. And Dame ended up winning, which was pretty cool because uh, Dame was defending his championship. So, he's a back to back three point champion. And then 
they had the big contest that was hyped for the uh, final weeks coming into the All-Star break with Steph versus Sabrina. So Steph, of course, known for being you know the best three-point shooter and multiple three-point contests he's been in. And Sabrina, she's a big WNBA star, and she broke the record for the highest scoring uh, three-point contest, men's or women's. So they had a three-point contest. Uh, she shot from the NBA three-point line, but they were using. She was still using the WNBA uh, basketballs when doing her her rounds, and she ended up getting 26. That seemed like a common number all night. But uh, Steph here, of course. I mean, me and my family were like, "Yeah, I think Steph's gonna win this." So Steph ended up uh, pulling out the W here. Um, it was it was intriguing because it it took until the last rack for him to to win it and you know that's where he saved his money rack for so i think they might come back with uh it next year or an iteration they've talked about doing uh steph and dame versus uh, sabrina and caitlin clark as they are uh you know really big stars right now and that's something that like i said could be implemented to next year and finally here for saturday night we had the dunk contest and man what a it was so weird because it wasn't like that bad of a dunk contest. It just some of the dunks, man, were just really weak. Um, so the participants, you had uh, Jalen Brown, who it's it's weird because people who are actually all stars really never compete in the dunk contest. It's, it's kind of like a thing now, like no star player competes in it. But he was in it. Uh, Jacob Toppin from the. Knicks was in the dunk contest as well. His uh, his brother uh, Obi Toppin was a winner a few years ago. Then you had Hami Hotkes Jr. from the Miami Heat. He is a uh, really solid player here. I think he's going to be a good rookie. Uh, you know, one of the top five rookies this season. And then Mac McClung coming back to defend his championship. And came down to Jalen Brown versus Mac McClung. And Jalen Brown over here was jumping over Kai Sinat, man, who, you know, that's not, that, that ain't too impressive, man. And he, he tried to do like a, um, this famous dunk that was done in uh, the dunk contest. It's a, it's a D Brown dunk. Uh, it happened in the nineties where he kind of uh, dabs midair, but he like totally sold that and did not get it. Uh, Mac had some really good dunks. Definitely had the best uh, dunks of the night for sure. And he ended up taking home the title as he should. Uh, I was just really glad this year that he weren't giving out a lot of fifties because I've noticed that in the past two to three years, man, they would give a 50 on like any dunk, man. Uh, so kind of glad for that. But some of the scoring, man, was so whack, man. Like uh, there was definitely like, – between two different dunks, you could definitely tell which one was better. But because the one guy uh, did it on his second try, he got like a lower score. But they give you uh, a minute and thirty seconds to do do a dunk, and you get three tries. So it's like if you're gonna penalize them for not doing it, then you might as well just give give them one try and, uh, and uh, leave it at that. Because yeah, it's it's ridiculous, man. But Mac McClung ended up winning and. Uh, definitely rightfully so because he had uh, the best dunks. But, yeah, man, dunk contest just doesn't hit the same as it did back even like five or six years ago. And it's definitely not as good as it was in the 80s. 
Yeah, no. Not nowadays, man. Yeah, like the dunk contest, just five or six years ago was actually somewhat fun to watch, but now it's just like, it, it, to, it to me, it, it's it's coming to start get. It's starting to get to a point where it's basically people are just starting to run out of ideas for it. Um, you, you see a lot of you know repeat copycat dunks from a few years ago that guys are doing just to you know have something different but at the same time it, it's it's um it, it it's still i mean it's still my favorite competition uh over over uh, nba all-star weekend because it's just it's still very different from everything else um and uh but yeah no i completely agree the uh the scoring on it's still very very whack and especially uh, the last couple of years were like the most lame dunks would get 50s on it so uh, at least we didn't get that this year. Yeah, for real. Um, I don't. I think maybe one dunk by Mac McClung got a fifty across the board. Um, but other than that, it was uh, it was not looking too promising. Yeah. So let, let's get into the to, to the meat of this uh, weekend on Sunday, man. Um, that was just um, embarrassing. I think for for the league, if if I'm gonna be honest, I mean, two hundred points, yeah, two hundred eleven to one eighty six. That's like two k on rookie mode, man. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Kobe would not stand for that. (laughs) Kobe would not stand for it, man. I saw so many people talking about all week how this should be the a pickup game between the best players in the world, and I'm not saying I need to go one hundred percent like try on every single possession because they don't even do that in the regular season or the playoffs but at least make it somewhat competitive at least try um because their whole everyone that's defending it's like well we don't want to see these players get injured well it's like you could get injured on a on a, a regular season game number 65 like what does it matter if you got injured then or in the all-star break i mean the games means the same at that point anyways it's like uh, what does it matter if you get injured? Like, don't get injured. Don't do something stupid to get yourself injured, um, or put yourself in a scenario. Uh, I mean, there's aspects and points where it's fun to watch. I know the deep threes are always fun to see go in and them shoot them. Those are definitely electrifying. But everything else, just like no defense at all. Just uh, Luka Doncic was absolutely awful. He did not even care at all. He was just doing a whole bunch of dumb shit all game. So um, I think just getting away from that uh, will be better for sure because, yeah, that was that was not it, man. Um, Damian Lord ended up winning the uh, MVP for this as well. So he won the three-point contest and he won the MVP um, as well. So for the All-Star game, but, yeah, just – I think I sent you uh, a post about this uh, like a month ago. The All-Star game in 2010 was uh, lower scoring than some of the regular season games nowadays. It's like that's how far we've come from no defense. No one's trying. Uh, It's crazy to see how how much scores have run up. even the 2016 Warriors, they're, they were number one in offensive rating that year, and they said that they'd be 21st now in the league in offensive rating at the at the rate they were playing at. So, 
points are just coming like crazy. And while I do think talent is at some of its highest points right now, there's so many talented players, and that's why I think the expansion teams are on the rise as well, just because there's so much talent in the league now. But that ain't the reason why the scores are going up so much. Not just the offense, but just the lack of no defense. It's like there's not really any defensive minded players nowadays to where uh, you don't see defensive specialists much at all anymore because uh, they just don't need them. Yeah, and, and it's it's a growing problem in the league. I mean, I mean, you go back fifteen, twenty years ago. I mean. You, the all-star game would have like, you know, it, it'd be like a, a 90 to 85, you know, final score. And I mean, you know, and, and I, I get it, you know, to a point, you don't really want to risk injury, but using, but fans using that as an excuse for these players, not trying is it's a, it's a very sorry excuse in, in my, uh, in my honest opinion, because like, if if you look at like the the uh, the NHL All Star Game for example, I mean, yeah, you it's gonna be higher scoring, um, and and you know guys aren't trying a hundred percent, but they're still hitting each other. They're still uh, you know playing at a at about. I mean, they're not playing a hundred percent, but they're playing about 85 percent. You know, giving each other hard hits still. And I mean, hockey's obviously a much more violent sport than basketball. So saying. You know, using that excuse for I think the NHL would be a lot better than you know for the NBA. Um, I get you don't want to have these players risk too much injury, but at least some effort in these All Star games would be, you know, nice. But back to just the lack of defense, man. Just no one plays defense anymore, and and it's become a it's become a sport where no one cares about the team result. It's it's starting to just become all about individual stats um that, that's the way i see this game being played now players don't really care about the team result they more care about their individual stats um each game in each season um and i think that plays a big role in the fact that no one plays defense anymore is they they don't care about defense they only care about uh what they can do offensively um and and i i don't know if there's a fix to that but uh, I, I saw because he sent me a, a post on Instagram, uh, you know, comparing this year's All Star Game with All Star Games in the past, uh, with you know, you know, players actually playing defense and taking the game seriously. Um, it's uh, it it, it, it I saw someone in the comments say uh, say uh, say Adam Silver's ruined the league uh, because <laughs> because he 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 puts such a focus on on offensive. Uh, play uh, throughout the league that everyone just doesn't want to care about defense anymore. And I was like, you know what? He's he's not entirely wrong there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know what we can do to, to fix the league to make defense important again. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Do you have any suggestions on that? Because I'd like to know. And if anyone out there wants to fucking tell us their suggestions, please let us know because. We have to figure this out. Um, like, like me personally, I I like low scoring defensive games because those are the games that are, that are just really grindy, fun to watch uh, to me. But but there's there's people are people are like, well well we need we need high scoring games like this in every single game. It's like no, we need no. defense to be played. 
just yeah, I, I don't understand the 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 uh, the the enjoyment is, of watching just people run yeah. up the score in every single uh, game this, on both sides. This is the this is the equivalent if NFL games started being like forty points on a regular basis, like forty five to forty or like yeah, like forty five to thirty eight, like. That's that's what this is kind of equating to, or just it's so much points and not enough uh, defense. Like, like I said, of course you don't want like a fifty to sixty score. Like that's too low, and you don't want like what we just had two hundred. The sweet spot is like anywhere between like eighty five and like one fifteen. Somewhere in there is where games should be finishing points wise. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. Somewhere around you know. 85, I'd say even 105 at, at the ceiling, but I can, yeah. you know, 115, sure, I'll, I'll give you that. But game, yeah. yeah. Like, but, but like, I, I remember watching basketball back when the Pistons were a serious franchise, um, and, and games were, you know, like 98, 95, you know, something, you know, close like that, lower scoring, but not, you know, ridiculously low like you see in college. Um, but yeah, I, I just, we need to figure out something that the sport can do to make defense actually important again. But I, I think it starts at trying to make players realize that there's more to the game than just individual stats. So I think that's one of the biggest issues that the league has is, you know, players just thinking of only caring about their individual stats at the end of the night. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely tough, man. So yeah, um, I I don't know what we can do to fix the NBA, but um, that's all I got. So uh, moving away from NBA, um, we uh, I I saw an article today. Um, the MLB is not looking to expand anytime soon, um, but ESPN did put out an article saying basically there's two cities that. If the MLB were to expand to 32 teams, which they absolutely should, I have no idea why they haven't expanded in the last 25 years, I think it is, however long Arizona's been in the league now. Um, uh, let's see, that was what? Uh, 98, I think. Yeah, 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 98 when, uh, when, when Tampa and Arizona both, uh, with, both joined the league. Um, yeah, no, they they absolutely need to expand the MLB. I think uh, there's there's so so much talent across the world, um, to the to the point where the MLB needs to expand again because, um, I I, I saw I think it was today, um, some Korean pitcher I can't remember who right now, uh, is heading back to Korea to go and play. Yeah, yeah, he's uh he he moved back to uh to Korea to go and play. Um, but yeah, no, um, anyway, so they, they, this, this article kind of just, you know, talks about, you know, the history of MLB expansion and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, but they, they said basically there, there's no way the MLB's expanding until the early 2030s at the earliest. And I think that's bullshit. You know, the league needs to expand. I think everyone, that's a baseball fan would agree the league needs to expand just like the NBA does need to expand as well. Uh, cause what the NBA is, NBA is also at 30 teams, right? 
if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So yep, they need to expand to 32. And and well. NBA needs to expand to, to 32. Baseball desperately needs it though because of how much talent there is. I mean, you, you compare baseball to the NBA, there's a lot more talent in you know the MLB than there is in the NBA. That said, uh, so basically the the two cities that they were looking at um, would be Nashville and Salt Lake City. Uh, those are the two big names that uh, that this article mentions. Um, Nashville and and Salt Lake City, they're both. Um, they're the 26th and 27th largest uh, sports markets uh, in the country. Um, so from that aspect, you know, they're, they're prime locations, right? Um, and they're both constantly very high up on the list on, on the U.S. fastest growing cities um, in terms of population growth and just, you know, marketability. So I, I, I would agree definitely with Nashville. Salt Lake City, I don't necessarily see as being a baseball town, but you know, who, who thought Dallas would be a hockey city, you know? So, yeah. um, I, I really, I really like Nashville. I think Nashville definitely needs a team. Salt Lake City, I can see that working. Um, you know, there, there's some other cities that they mentioned like, uh, like Orlando, I believe was on here and Charlotte, which Orlando kind of makes sense in a way. Charlotte makes a lot of sense, though. Um, but Salt Lake City, I really, really like. I, I Well, I like it for the NHL. Baseball, I don't really know how that how well that would work out, but it could very well work out. Um, Nashville, though, a uh, lot of, uh, you know, it, it, it's a very popular sport in, in Tennessee in general, so I think... For sure, Nashville would work out. But Mike, uh, your thoughts on this about MLB expansion? When you think they should expand in these two cities that ESPN has uh, has kind of pointed out as being prime prospects for MLB expansion? Yeah, I think that the I think those are all very strong candidates. Um, I think that Vegas, you know, once Oakland moves to Vegas, it's definitely going to open up the possibility for more teams. Maybe they were just waiting for that to happen for them to finally pull the trigger. Because even like a relocation, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last time an MLB even relo- team even re- relocated. Um, it's definitely been a minute, man. Uh, so they uh, they definitely have the talent to expand out. Yeah, I, I think. You know, expansion needs to happen, and I, and the re- I don't know why Manfred is so against expanding right now, but the league needs to expand. I mean, there's so much talent, and and the talent keeps getting better and better every single year, um, and, and more and more players are going undrafted, and, and that's because and players that are capable of you know making it into the MLB, or at least into the into the you know triple a uh leagues expansion is the only way to go to to help these kids out and to you know maybe drum up some uh some new uh uh interest in the league that's slowly killing itself if it doesn't expand um but yeah outside of that uh, that's that's really all we got mlb wise um uh, spring training officially started today and i know there's some games coming up uh, 
believe actually starting tomorrow, maybe Thursday. I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, uh, now let's get into some uh, some NFL. It's been a little while since uh, since we talked football since uh, since the Super Bowl review. So, um, so ESPN has an article. Um, uh, the be- best team fits for the top fifty players. Um, that'll be, uh, free agents or, or pending free agents, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, I'm not going to go through all 50, uh, players. I'm just going to kind of give you the, uh, the highlights, uh, some of the more important, uh, players and the teams that they, uh, that they think, uh, the best fit for them. So basically I'm going to give you whatever you're going to tell me if you like that fit or if you don't like the fit, you think they should stay with their team or if you think they shouldn't stay with the team, it should just be a different team. And I'll also give my, my thoughts on that. So um, the first one here that we're going to uh, talk about is uh, Kirk Cousins. They got him as at number three. They said the best team fits the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? I agree. Um, if Kirk Cousins were to leave, that's a perfect spot because they need a QB so bad. And Kirk Cousins is, I guess – one of the most stable QBs, like, you know what you're going to get with Kirk Cousins. He's not going to blow you away. He's not going to be that uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, but he's also not going to be bad enough to where you're going to look to replace him. He's, like, kind of perfect for what they need right now while they develop some younger talent. Like, say they draft a Bo Nix. They could have Bo Nix sit behind Kirk Cousins for a year or two, learn under him. Cousins is, like, what, a 10-year veteran now, so... Uh, I think that's actually pretty good to have him there for a couple of years and just kind of have some stability for this Atlanta Falcons team. Yeah, no, I, I like that fit a lot as well, but um, let's be honest here. The Falcons aren't going to fucking sign him, mostly because the Falcons are the Falcons and they're just going to yeah. find a, another quarterback that's terrible like Desmond Shitter and, you know, give, uh, you know, and, and then also, you know, race – uh, uh, waste, uh, you know, Drake London and Kyle Pitts and B. John Robinson like they always do. That said, I think it would be a great fit if Kirk Cousins does decide to leave um, Minnesota here. Um, another one leaving uh, Minnesota would be Daniel Hunter. Uh, Daniel Hunter. Uh, they say his best team fit would be the uh, the L.A. Rams. Um, I'm be honest, I don't really know this guy too much, so um what position is he he's a he's an edge rusher edge rusher um just looking at the rams yeah they could use an edge rusher aaron donald's getting older aaron donald's could retire at any moment um i think that's that's good man yeah because uh rams could use an edge rusher yeah no i i think i think it's a very good fit that said, I would really like to see him in a Honolulu blue uh, uniform next year. But, um, no, I, I think the Rams is also a very good fit. Pair him up with Aaron Donald, man, that is going to be – that would be a very, very lethal uh, defensive line for sure. So, I like that one a lot. Um, they have uh, uh, they have Mike Evans. Uh, best team fit would be the Carolina Panthers. Disagree. Why would Mike Evans leave to go to the Carolina Panthers? Like, I guess if he's like the biggest Bryce Young believer in, in 
the world. Like, and that's like the only way I could see him going there. But why would why would you do that? No, I I don't see him going there simply because I don't think Bryce Young is going to be in the league in in you know two or three years from now. I I really don't. He is that bad, and he's a midget. So I mean, yeah, no, he he, he can't he can't play. I, Mike Evans would would it would be a waste for Mike Evans to just leave Tampa Bay in general. I think, um, you know he he might be losing Baker, and if he does lose Baker, then sure. Go try and find a different team, but Carolina? No, absolutely not here. Um, let's see. They have. Uh, let's see. Uh, so the Lions, they get the the best uh player that they think would be a really good fit for them. We Kendall Fuller, a uh, a cornerback. Um, here. So so, what's your thoughts here? Yeah. So I don't really know too much on the guy, but corner yeah that's like one of our main needs right now so that definitely makes sense so so fuller isn't you know the greatest corner that's out there um but he's a pretty solid corner i think it would be a very good pickup for the lions i think it would improve the secondary for sure i mean he can't be worse than cam sutton right so um you know and and you know he's not a he's not a top you know 10 corner but he's somewhere around that 15 to 20 range I think so I think it would be a very good fit especially for the Lions who desperately need a corner but that said I think the Lions really need to focus on an edge rusher first because if you know the quarterback doesn't have time to pass you can have a Cam Sutton back there being garbage at covering someone and it doesn't matter because you know the quarterback has to either get rid of it or is getting sacked so um yeah, no, I, I I like that because we definitely need a corner, but um, yeah, very very interesting for sure. Uh, speaking of Lions, we'll go with a Lions player. They say Jonah Jackson, uh, to uh to the Washington Commanders. Damn, that's that sucks because I wouldn't I wouldn't want to see Jonah Jackson go, but I mean, yeah, Washington needs help on that offensive line. Yeah, not so. So the way I see guards is the way I see running backs. You don't pay them. They're a dime a dozen because there's a lot of good guards in college. You could get one in the third round, and and I mean that's what Jonah Jackson was. He's a really good guard from the third round. Like, you know, it it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Guards are like running backs. They're extremely uh, disposable. Um, you d- you don't fucking pay them. Plain and fucking simple there. I like I like the fit. I mean, Washington desperately needs a line, but they also need a quarterback. They also need every position on defense. They just they, they, that team's in shambles right now. But a pickup like Jonah Jackson, I think, would be very very helpful for them. Um. So yeah, uh, they got Saquon Barkley, Houston Texans. Uh man. I'd love to see CJ and Saquon together. That'd be that'd be awesome. I don't know if Houston really needs them, but it'd be fun to see. Um, look, I, I'm gonna stick with the same things I said before. We do not pay running backs, but this isn't the Lions, so I don't care. Um, sure, it's a good fit. Um, they definitely need help at that running back position, but um. Yeah, if I was them, if anything, I'd probably try to re-sign uh, Devin Singletary, but 
or at least a franchise tag him for the year and then and then worry about it later. Um, another running back here. Uh, they have uh, Derek Henry, best team fit the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Again, another one. It's very similar to Saquon. I'd love to see Lamar and Derrick Henry, but do the Ravens really need Derrick Henry? Not really. Well, think about it this way. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are both going to be free agents, right? Mm-hmm. And they're both not very good running backs anyways. I mean, Lamar is your number one rusher. Um, so getting a guy like Derrick Henry can, you know, make Lamar not be your number one rusher, and that would actually open up a ton in their offense because, um, you know, L- Lamar could do a lot more things um, offensively for them, but he's also a garbage quarterback. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a very good fit, um, you know, scheme-wise for Baltimore, but again, I don't see them trying to pay Derrick Henry the money that he wants. So, um, yeah. And then um, let's go over a couple more here. Uh, Jadavion Clowney, uh, best team fit Miami Dolphins. Mm, Yeah, I mean, I think that's a solid fit for him right there. Miami could use another edge rusher and or another linebacker for sure. Well, Miami needs just defensive players in general, but I think it starts with getting a good edge rusher. I think Clowney would be a good fit fit there. Um, so, yeah. Um, another running back here, Tony Pollard, Washington Commanders. Hmm. I think I'm going to say the same thing as I have with all, the, all these running backs. I mean, it'd be all right, but Washington – I think could use that money elsewhere. They could get go get a left tackle, go get a go get an edge rusher. Uh, you, I mean, you just gave up your two best edge rushers in Chase Young and Montez Sweat over the trade deadline. So, um, what else? I mean, go, go get a QB. I mean, I know you're drafting, so you could probably get like Drake May. But um, say something happens where someone trades up and uh, uh, Drake May gets taken, then. Um, what happens, you know, where, where do they go? Yeah. Um, I, I think it actually wouldn't be too bad of a fit. Um, you know, there, there would be some familiar, familiar. Yeah. Oh my God. I cannot say that word right now. Familiarity with the head coach. Um, obviously, uh, you know, Dan Quinn coming, uh, from the, uh, uh, from the uh, Cowboys. Uh, so I, I think, yeah, that would be a decent fit. I mean, they would definitely need a running back. The problem is, is you just you don't pay running backs. I, I, I don't get why we pay running backs. They're such a disposable position. I mean, about four years and they're done anyways. So, I mean, I don't see the point. Um, you know, obviously every few outliers that can last longer in the league, like a Derrick Henry, but I, I just, I wouldn't fucking pay, pay these running backs at all. Um, a couple more here. We'll go over, um, Legereus Sneed, cornerback, uh, best team fit would be Philadelphia Eagles. Man, that'd be cool. Cause, uh, I know that Hassan Reddick, well, he, he claims that he didn't request a trade but 
you know, if something like that's even being reported, something must be going on. Uh, so he could be gone. And Jarius Sneed, you know, he has that Super Bowl experience with the Chiefs. Go to the Eagles, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I think um, I think that'd be a very good pickup for the Eagles. I don't want it to be for the Eagles. I would love for the uh, for the Lions to uh, to come and pick him up, but um, I don't think he'd be a good fit just because of the culture and the kind of player that he is. Um, I don't I don't think Dan Campbell would like having uh, a guy like Snead on his team, um, but I I think it would be a great fit you know, just scheme-wise uh, for the Lions. But I, I think, yeah, it, it'd be a good fit for, for Philly for sure. I mean, they desperately need corners. Um, but they, they need some other things too because, I mean, they had a apocalyptic uh, collapse this year. Um, you know, they went, they went to the Super Bowl last year and then to just have the collapse that they did towards the end of the season this year uh, after starting off the season – I think 10 and one. I mean that, I mean, yeah, that is, uh, yeah, they, they desperately need some help more than just at the corner position. Um, they need pretty much help everywhere because, uh, something, something wasn't right there for sure. Towards the end of the season. Yeah, for real. So that is gonna do it though for us. Um, Thursday we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, find some stuff to talk about for sure. I mean, um, you know, I know the NHL trade deadline's coming up in a couple weeks here, so um, there, there's some some moves that I could see being made that I might uh, go out and try and talk about, see if I can find anything um, about any rumors of anyone getting moved. Um, NBA-wise, we're past the trade deadline. We're past the All-Star game. So now it's just the, the final stretch to the uh, to the playoffs. Uh, still a ways to go, though, for sure, uh, in the season, both for the NBA and NHL. But um, we'll, uh, we'll obviously, of course, cover those. You know, baseball's getting started up here soon, so we'll get into that once, uh, once, those se- once that season gets started. Um, so yeah, uh, rate, review, subscribe, help us out, uh, let us know, uh, what more you want to see from us, uh, check out our YouTube page, of course, the Mike and Andrew Show, um, and, uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys on Thursday.